country on earth in shambles. Bill Gates already mapping out the next pandemic. The medical profession by law prevented from telling patients the truth. How do we survive this? Well, we the people stand up and stop taking it. We win at the ballot box and we do that by getting the truth out into public ears. TNN, the Truth News Network. And your warrior at the gate is Dan Newman. That would be me, and we are at the gate back in our Louisiana studios. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to TNN Live. When we were flying back yesterday, guess what was happening in Washington, D.C.? Just plain old insanity. (laughs) There is so much news this morning. You know, I, I say that often when we open the show. There are so many new things, so many new things. There really are today. New information uncovered. A bunch of new information uncovered that confirms again and again and again the Biden family syndicate is real, was real, and money went into a bunch of Biden family syndicate members' personal pockets. All because Joe Biden, for years, was vice president and was running for it, is now our sitting president. Corruption is everywhere. Georgia Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, she went to an investigative appearance, a classified appearance, so that she and several fellow House members were able to go and look at the documents that have come in from these banks, under subpoena, by the way, by a House committee, oversight committee. In fact, you're going to hear from the chairman of that committee here in just a few minutes. Uh, Representative Comer. But here's the bottom line, folks. Corruption in our government is everywhere. And I'm not excited about it. I'm not glad about it. In fact, I'm anything but that. But nevertheless, it is what it is. And you and I have got to get control, got to get control of what we the people are supposed to be in control of. And that is we need to go back to the roots and make our government be government of the people, by the people, and for the people. I really don't understand why we let that get away, but I know that it's happened. It's happened before our eyes left us just pushed and pushed and pushed very quietly. They never stepped over the line, but they always walked right up to the line to take over the country, take away our freedoms, our liberties, to give them not give them, but allow them to take total control. Basically, we gave them permission to do what they've done. Are we going to stop it? I vote yes, and I think most of you do too. So as we get set, we're going to jump right in to some of that big corruption news in just a moment, but just tolerate me for a few minutes, if you would. I've been gone for almost a week. I got to sleep in my own bed last night, and we're back in the saddle in our studios. So what does that mean? It means I'm home. It means I'm back home. Here's a guy that tells exactly what going back home and wanting to get there mean. Another summer day has come and gone away From Paris and Rome, but I want to go home 
Maybe surrounded by a million people I still feel all alone Just wanna go home Oh, I miss you, you know And I've been keeping all the letters that I wrote to you Each one in line or two I'm fine, baby, how are you? I would send them, but I know that it's just not enough My words were cold and flat And you deserve more than that Another airplane, another sunny place I'm lucky, I know, but I want to go home I got to go home Let me go home I'm just too far from where you are I wanna come home Someone else's life It's like I just stepped outside When everything was going right And I know just why You could not come along with me That this was not your dream But you always believed in me Another Day has come and gone away in either Paris or Rome, and I wanna go home. Let me go home, and I'm surrounded by a million people. I still feel alone, and let me go home. Oh, I miss you. true whenever we go somewhere like vacations or business trips or really good things you know sometimes we get to do some fun things maybe just let our hair down and for some of us that doesn't take much but go somewhere and sleep in a strange bed whether it's a ritzy hotel or an airbnb if it's not our bed at our home it's never the same is it Well, it's good to be back in our studio in Shreveport, Louisiana. We're expecting some bad weather today. Many of you doing the same thing. Big front kind of sweeping across the nation. Had some horrible weather up in the upper Midwest yesterday. Pray for those people that are at the epicenter of these storms. You never can prepare enough. I've been through 
I'm from South Louisiana. We rode through a bunch of different hurricanes when I was growing up. It's very scary. And going through tornadoes and those waves that they seem to be coming of late, it's got to be terrifying to think about. So pray for those people. Pray for everybody that's in the middle of a storm, has been through one or facing one. Fear is a big weapon to use against the peace of all of America. And uh, fear's never good. It never is. Before we get cranking, let me tell you something that just happened a few minutes ago. You know, the House Committee, Judiciary Committee, had uh, subpoenaed New York Prosecutor Alvin Braggs to come testify and explain how he could justify using federal money that his court gets. He spent federal money going after a former sitting president, Donald Trump. And he was supposed to appear today, in fact, first thing this morning, and a judge stepped in, a federal court temporarily. Now, this is a temporary uh, step in. Mark Pomerantz was a prosecutor that worked in Alvin Bragg's office when Bragg took the job. And Pomerantz left because Bragg would not agree to go ahead and prosecute Donald Trump. Pomerantz wrote a book, and in the book he had a lot of information that he had to say about Alvin Bragg, about this prosecution that hadn't already begun, and the House Judiciary Committee Chair Jim Jordan wants to get him in front of their committee. It's a temporary stay. U.S. District Judge Mary K. Viscosil turned down Bragg's request to stop the subpoena's enforcement in an 11, uh, April 11th lawsuit against Jordan, but the second U.S. Court of Appeals today ordered a temporary administrative stay of the subpoena's Thursday return date so a three-panel judge could consider Bragg's subsequent appeal. You know what I don't like about our court system, federal court system especially? All these appeals courts, they're, they all, contain sitting appointed judges. And sometimes when you have a conservative president, of course that conservative president, anytime spots open up in federal courts around the nation, they're going to nominate or appoint a conservative judge to take the place, the empty spot. And the opposite's true. You have a president like Joe Biden, you can book it every appointee he makes to the justice system is leftist. And so... I don't like the process that is legal. It's called forum shopping. When you got a case going to a federal court or ready to go to a federal court, you don't have to go to a specific court originally. You can shop. Go to the court that is leaning your way on that particular issue and file the case in that court. And this is exactly what happened. Exactly what happened. And I get it. It works both ways. But justice is supposed to be blind, isn't it? I mean, I've always heard that. But I don't think justice always is blind. MTG, Marjorie Taylor Greene, she is a lightning rod member of the House of Representatives, very controversial, extremely outspoken. And late yesterday, she came from a looking at operation to examine documents that have come to the government now 
talking about a lot of financial wrongdoing on the part of the Biden families. Here's Marjorie Taylor Greene. We just uh, finished reviewing the financial records in the Treasury. Uh, What I saw was over 2,000 pages of jaw-dropping information. Uh, There's basically an enterprise wrapped around Joe Biden uh, involving not only multiple family members, more than we thought there were, but other people as well. Uh, Just a complete conglomerate of LLC shell companies where money was passing through from foreign countries China, Ukraine, but many more countries than just those. There's a lot of information the American people deserve to know of the Biden family and the crimes they've been involved in. And the Oversight Committee has a much bigger investigation to do than we ever thought was possible. Um, I just saw evidence of human trafficking. Uh, This involved prostitutes, not only from here in the United States, but foreign countries like Russia and Ukraine. Uh, this is this is unbelievable that a president and a former vice president, uh, not only his son, Hunter Biden, but many more family members extending past Hunter Biden and his immediate family. Uh, we're going to have to really get to work. This is an investigation that needs to be revealed to the American people. And not only do we have questions about Hunter Biden himself, but this is going to extend into developing a web of uh corruption, a web of fake companies uh, that's going to reveal money that came in from many foreign countries and went directly into the personal bank accounts of the Biden family, where they have financially benefited directly from Joe Biden's uh, seats of power. And we look forward to investigating and exposing for this, this for the American people, and, um, and we'll see where it goes from there. You know what I don't like about our justice system is that the wheels of justice, they move so slowly. We hear about something. We hear an allegation. And we find out, basically, we're told, hey, we've got facts that prove the allegation is correct. But then it takes weeks and months to get access to that particular uh, thing that we're talking about. As we're talking, I'm getting telephone dings. Dunstan Teo is calling me from Singapore. I'll uh, call him back later today. But anyway, we're going to have him on the show, by the way, in the next few days. Um, It's so slow to get these things before the appropriate lawmaking or justice body to dig in and find out exactly what's going on. Hopefully. This committee, Representative Comer's Oversight Committee and Jim Jordan's Judiciary Committee, can get this, get it out in the open so we can know, is there any truth there? Or maybe there's no truth. We don't know. And then there's another big, big bomb that dropped out of the sky overnight. Hunter Biden's IRS whistleblower news. Yeah, there's a whistleblower coming forward out of the IRS, which is kind of odd. Well, the news is drawing some big-time backlash. Cover-up of Biden family corruption is what it's being called on Twitter. Twitter users and Republican figures as well had intense reactions to that whistleblower, claiming that the Biden administration is intentionally mishandling the investigation of Son Hunter. 
Fox News confirmed that an attorney, Mark D. Lytle, penned a letter calling for whistleblower privileges about his client, who happens to be an IRS criminal supervisory agent. The letter read that the agent previously made legally protected disclosures at the IRS and stated that these disclosures, quote, contradict the sworn testimony to Congress by a senior political appointee. Here's what Lytle, Mark Lytle, the attorney said, my goal is to ensure my client can properly share his lawfully protected disclosures with congressional committees. I respectfully request that your committees, and he's sending this to more than one, your committees work with me to facilitate sharing this information with Congress legally and with the fully informed advice of counsel. Social media, they just went crazy across the board. They quickly shared the major breaking news with many thinking whether there could be any political fallout about Hunter's connection to his dad and whether mainstream media is even going to report on it. My, my answer to that question is, you'll hear it in the few conservative media sources out there, but you're not going to get it on any of the mainstream media outlets. Radio host Mark Simone He said, major breaking news. A whistleblower exposes a deep cover-up in the Hunter Biden investigation. And by the way, listen to this, involvement of Merrin Garland in it. And of course, that's the attorney general. And of course, corrupt Lester Holt doesn't even mention it on the evening news. Former Homeland Security Underdirector Michael Brown, you probably saw him a bunch during the Trump campaign in the Trump administration. Brown wrote, read this, every civil servant who has this kind of information is willing to come forth should be afforded every protection available under the law. Congress has a duty to hear the information and consider it whatever or any investigation they are or may pursue. They cover up Hunter Biden's many real crimes and they indict President Trump over fake crimes. Are you watching? The left is so hell-bent on winning that they're eroding the rule of law and trying to turn us into a banana republic. That came from former Missouri Attorney General candidate Will Scharf in a tweet. If a whistleblower has information on a Democrat, doesn't even count? <laughs> That's what one tweet said. Podcast, podcast host Monica Crowley said the entire system is protecting Joe, Hunter, and the rest of these Biden slime balls. It's corrupt to hell and back. GOP politicians also have called for more investigation into Hunter and the Biden administration's connection to these potentially shady dealings. The Biden administration may be obstructing justice by blocking efforts to charge Hunter for tax violations. Now, wait a minute, we're talking about the original things that we knew about three years ago. The IRS had been investigating Hunter Biden and doing so for tax violations. Haven't heard anything about that case, have you? We know Hunter engaged in a bunch of deceptive business schemes. That's not even questionable anymore. The cover-up of Biden family corruption has been going strong for years. 
That's from Representative Darrell Issa, Republican from California. Senator Ron Johnson, he's a lightning rod up from up in Wisconsin. He's been investigating this entire thing for, I guess, three or four years. He said, IRS whistleblower claims IRS news is improperly handling the criminal investigation into Hunter Biden and alleges preferential treatment. I'm shocked, he said. Kudos to the whistleblower. I hope more forward they come so the truth can be exposed. It's past time for a special counsel. Listen, I'm just like you. We often hear these stories. Well, there's corruption there. Somebody got caught doing this. It just seems like we really have a two-tiered justice system. It's like if you're a conservative, nothing as far as your rights matter. Everything's out in the open. Everything's okay. They can just expose every little thing. They can say anything and everything they want, even if it's not the truth. But if you're if you're a leftist, if you're a Democrat or somebody that's left of that, you're totally protected. News media, mainstream news media will cover for you and everything. Being truthful about the stuff, it doesn't really matter. It's the political narrative that must be followed. That's the talking process of the left. Will we ever get to the bottom of any of this corruption? Got to be honest with you. I just don't know. Representative Comer, he's the chairman of the House Oversight Committee. He came forward a couple of days ago talking about what is coming up. Now, he is Marjorie Taylor Greene, you heard. She's a member of the House, but she's not chair of any committee. Comer, on the other hand, is chairman of the most powerful committee in the House. We've identified six new Biden family members involved in shady uh, foreign transactions that we believe were a direct result of influence peddling. Uh, that brings the number of Biden family members now to nine that were involved in the Biden family influence peddling. And we still have more family members that uh, we suspect were involved. So this is a family affair. This is something that should be troubling to every American. Okay, Jason, I'm going to ask you again. We've, we've been through this before. Do the Chinese, the Chinese Communist Party, have they got something on our president and his family? Oh, I think so. Some of the estimates are that there's some $30 million that is transferred into the Biden accounts from various countries, not all China, but countries all, all across uh, uh, the world. Remember, what Chairman Comer is looking at are suspicious activity reports. These are financial institutions flagging accounts saying this is extraordinary. It's extraordinary. You hear that, and yet it stops right there. That's the part that just bugs me, and it bugs a bunch of other Americans. Give us facts, and then do whatever is necessary if there's evil there, if there's wrongdoing there. And I don't care if it's a Republican, a Democrat, an Independent, if they're working for us, if they're part of the political process, dadgummit. Let's stop the wrongdoing, and I don't care who it is or what they've done. There are penalties in our law. Let's just make people who break our laws be accountable to, for the penalties that they are obligated to receive from the law. Not a judge, not a 
Alejandro Mayorkas that just, he not only breaks laws every day, every stinking day, and does it and laughs about it, but it's not just that. These people are not being held accountable for their illegal acts, and it's just because they're Democrats. That should scare you to death. It does me. Meanwhile, what are you and I dealing with? How about this one? Food prices have hit the highest level in nearly 50 years in the middle of double-digit inflation. Food prices in Britain have hit their highest level in a half century. According to research conducted by the Office for National Statistics, the Consumer Price Index remained in double digits at 10.1% in March. The inflation rate, the highest in Western Europe, was slightly down from 10.4% from the previous month. But food prices, they're still high. And it's not just in the UK. We're feeling the same thing over here. Food prices, highest levels seen since 45 years ago. According to the government statistician agency, the prices of bread and cereals up 20% in the year to March, the highest rate recorded on record since the government began tracking those figures back in 1989. Meanwhile, the sharpest price increases were recorded among food items produced with olive oil, which were up by 49% on the year followed by milk products at 38%, ready-made meals up 21%. The BBC reported all this. The annual rates for chocolate, confectionery, and hot beverages also hit their highest levels ever. (laughs) And so here on this side of the pond, We may be slightly below those numbers, but don't tell me that when you go to the grocery store, things are just like they were a few years ago. Oh, my gosh. Last time I went, before we we left and went to South Florida, last time I went to the store, there were things that we just take for granted. They're on the shelves. They were bare, not gone, but you had no assortment. Now, I don't want to gripe about that. That would mean we're all spoiled, even though I think we are pretty much all all spoiled. People are fighting for food in parts of the world, and here we are griping about it, or here I am griping about the assortment on the shelves when I go to the store. Nevertheless, we're paying far, far more than we were told we were going to. In fact, we were told from the very beginning, remember, January 21, We knew inflation was coming, but what were we told by the experts? Treasury Secretary? Hmm. It's transitory inflation, which was supposed to mean it's going to last for a little while. (laughs) Then it's going to go away. Two and a half years later, it hasn't gone away. In fact, it just keeps bubbling right there. Meanwhile, if you make the same money in your job today that you did two years ago, you've taken a pay cut because everything that you normally buy, everything from top to bottom, it's not just groceries, it's everything. It's gone up, it's staying there. And don't get uh, convinced by the left that this may be real transitory. 
it could be with us for a long time. I'm not a, I'm I'm not prophesying anything. I'm not foretelling anything. I'm just telling you we need to be careful. Americans are spending all their money, not saving, can't save, credit card debt going up because a lot of Americans to pay for these things they got to have these essentials like food and utilities. They don't have any choice. They're making the same money or maybe got a paltry raise, but it doesn't cover the difference. They're having to go to the credit cards. That's danger. It's dangerous. And most of this comes from trillions of dollars of spending, not by Congress, but by our president. Wow. Whatever happened, you remember we were told that House Speaker Kevin McCarthy was going to be given, of course, when he became House Speaker, he had the basic control over the January 6th committee, all the documents, the videos, and all that kind of stuff. And he, there was a big announcement. He was giving all that video that had been kept quiet, 43,000 hours, I think was the number of hours of video that he had, was going to turn it over to Tucker Carlson at Fox News. A lot of Americans waited with bated breath. I think we saw two nights of some of that video on Tucker Carlson and then nothing. In fact, Tucker didn't say a word about it. He just quit showing it. What's up with that? Got that news right after this. Hi, this is Jack, founder of Jack in the Box. Is the caller there? Mr. Box, Douglas Goppers from Burger Week magazine. Oh, hey, Doug. Doug's a respected fast food critic. I recently dined on your sourdough jack combo. And? Perfection. The cheese, the jumbo patty, the golden sourdough bread, the french fries. Bravo. Well, thank you. However, I found the dessert a bit dry. It doesn't come with dessert. The candy. The white, round candy with the happy face. Was it wearing a scarf? Yes, I believe it was. Rosy cheeks? Fuzzy earmuffs? Yes, that's it. Douglas, you ate a holiday ball. <gasps> We're giving one away free to customers who buy a sourdough jack combo. But they're not for dessert. They're for antennas. Or a pencil. Right. Well, that's going to improve your score dramatically. Excellent. Howdy. The streamer here. You know, there's a place down yonder where three streams converge into one. It's where I saw the Mandalorian get himself into a space squabble. Watch me some UFC. Those folks from Modern Family had me cackling like a trout getting tickled. Well, that's a Disney bundle for you. It lets you stream Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus for only $13.99 a month. The Disney bundle. It's streaming at its best. Includes Hulu ad-supported plan. Access content from each service separately. Terms apply. Visit the DisneyBundle.com for details. Little Caesar's Thin Crust Pizza is so loaded with cheese and pepperoni you can't even see the crust. And if you ever want to see it again, listen very carefully. Bring $6.49 in unmarked bills or marked bills or coins or just a credit or debit card to Little Caesar's. Come alone and bring your friends or family. Bring everyone. Get a Little Caesar's Large Thin Crust Pizza with extra cheese and the most pepperoni, all at the nation's best price of just $6.49. Pizza, pizza. Top four national pizza chains. Extra most bestest thin crust pepperoni pizza versus large round one topping thin crust pepperoni pizza. Everyday standard menu prices at participating locations plus tax. Are you sure we should be out here? It's pretty cloudy. Come on, that'll pass. Really? I don't know. Yeah, That's just, just swing. I'm holding swing. a... Swing! <sighs> ah! Bob? Whoa. 
Looks like someone could have used Yahoo OneSearch on his mobile phone. Try Yahoo OneSearch and get news, sports, even weather. Get better results. Text weather and your zip code to 92466. Be a better golfer. Yahoo! Standard carrier text messaging rates apply. Guardian of the truth. Knight of the Republic. Speaker of the facts. Dan Newman on TNN. The Truth News Network. I probably have a text or an email every day. Hey, what happened to those January 6th videos that Tucker Carlson was supposed to push out? Well, let me just tell you this. I can't get a straight answer. In fact, I have people in high places in government, conservatives, and they can't get a straight answer from Tucker Carlson or Fox News. Hmm. What could be going on there? Conventional wisdom says, as you probably know, Fox News just made a big, 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 almost $2 billion settlement with Dominion Voting Systems, who sued Fox for telling some whoppers on air about corruption that was due to their voting systems in the 2020 election. Conventional wisdom says Fox, the guys upstairs, called downstairs. They got a bunch of put pushback from political pundits on the left when this video started coming out, which showed there probably was a lot of things going on on that day, January 6, 2021. But there were a lot of things going on that we weren't told about. And that video shows a lot of things that were talked about and reported to be different than the facts. I don't have the answer for you. Steve Baker, who's on our show every Tuesday, he's got a direct tie into the Tucker Carlson show with people there. In fact, Steve Baker two weeks ago was on Tucker. He can't get the answer either. So how do your fellow Americans feel about it? Well, After Carlson's release of those couple of unseen videos, more voters now believe it was probably provoked by undercover agents. The latest Rasmussen Report's national survey finds that 65% of likely voters think it's probable that undercover government agents helped provoke the so-called January 6th riot, including 46% who say it's very likely. Now listen, I could give you some more numbers. That's not what I want to get into. What I want to point out to you is there's a groundswell of emotions, of feelings across the nation that our voting system, at least so far, hasn't been fair, hasn't been just, and hasn't been legal. And that there have been people who have been dithering with the election results. And not just the results, the voting, the actual voting. Now we're told, Mike Johnson, Friday night two weeks ago. Was it two weeks ago? No, it was last Friday. I was with Congressman Mike Johnson, and he was asked about it. In fact, I asked him about it uh, after the meeting was over one-on-one. I didn't want to embarrass him. And... He said, and I'm going to paraphrase what he said, 
But he said, the investigations are not over. And I said, Mike, we're three years. We're three years into this, and we're going into our fourth year. We're going to have elections next year. Can't we get something out there to the American people that gives us facts so we can know we're going to be safe? Here's the obvious to me. I'm talking to you now. The obvious to me is if people don't trust the election system, you're going to hear this again and again. Why should I vote? The results are fixed. No need for me to vote. My vote wouldn't count. Democrats are going to win, so how about them bears? Do you want to get in a nation where people, maybe even in the majority, that feel that way about our elections? Well, we can't do anything about it, Dan. Yeah, you can. You can get on the phone. You can talk. call your House member. Call your state senator. You got two, two U.S. senators in every state. Call them. Even if you can't get the actual senator or congressman or congresswoman on the phone, get them to transfer you to the congressman or the senator's voicemail and leave them not a very lengthy message and not a nasty message, but factually talk about your concerns and say, we demand that our government representatives assure us with facts that our election system is fair and just, and it's being operated functionally according to the law. Now, speaking about elections, you know who James Carville is, Serpent Head. (laughs) James Carville has come out, and he's pointing something out to his fellow Democrats that there's some flaws at the heart of Joe Biden's 2024 run, and Joe Biden hasn't even said he's going to run. <laughs> oh, no. No, 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 no. What could it possibly be? I'm going to save that story for you. It's a goodie. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save it for you, and there's a reason for it. I'll tell you later. And speaking of elections, speaking of the upcoming 2024 election, there are several people that have announced they're going to run for the GOP and a couple that are going to run for Democrat presidential nomination. Former President Trump, who is always, he's always been going to run again. He's back in the race, formally committed. He's now being backed, listen to this, by seven of Florida's Republican members of Congress. Now, what about that? Ron DeSantis is probably going to run the governor of Florida. He's making all the noise. He's doing all the things that point to that. And seven of Florida's Republican members of Congress have endorsed former President Trump. He got three more yesterday. Greg Stubbe, John Rutherford, and Brian Mast joined the crowd for his 2024 White House bid. Trump has now picked off seven total. Before this week, Matt Gaetz, Anna Paulina Luna, Corey Mills, and Byron Donalds had endorsed Trump. Overall, there are 20 Republicans in their 28-member delegation in Florida, 20 of 28. 
Stubbe explained his choice for the White House because Trump's the only person that can reverse on day one all these disastrous policies of the Biden administration. He said DeSantis should concentrate on the great job that he's doing as Florida's governor, not worry about the presidential race now. Rutherford said he's backing Trump because the former president has been unfairly targeted by the justice system. Rutherford said, I'm a former sheriff. I understand the importance of a fair and impartial justice system. The systematic targeting of Americans with conservative ideals, especially our 45th president, that disgraces our nation's legacy. Mast yesterday said he planned to back Trump, would chair the Veterans for Trump group. Meanwhile, DeSantis doesn't seem to be backing off looking into a presidential bid. He met with Republican members of Congress on Capitol Hill, making the back-to-back endorsements from three Florida lawmakers particularly awkward. He's leaving D.C. today. He's headed to South Carolina, the state that hosts the first Southern primary. Headline events in Charleston and Spartanburg there. Then he returns to the Hill tomorrow for a speech at Heritage Foundation. Trump has received the endorsement of 45 House members already, nine senators, one governor, Governor Henry McMaster of South Carolina. I mean, it seems like we we just got out of an election. (laughs) We're we're having an an election again. When When you have a federal election every two years and everybody's going to campaign needs to for about a year you only get like 10 to 12 months respite before they're out there running those ads campaign ads oh my gosh I can't stand them I understand their necessity to get the messages of these people that running for office to get it out there for the people that are going to be voting for them but come on Come on, it just gets crazy. There are so much campaigning. We've been talking principally about the House and House members this morning. On the other side, there's some really important stuff going on there. Dianne Feinstein, longtime senator from California. She has been out of Washington, D.C. for a long time. She's been struggling with some um, early-stage dementia, She had some physical illness problems, and the cries began, I guess, months ago for her to resign and let somebody else step in her place. I mean, she's not even in D.C. to handle legislative matters. Well, now, listen to this. From the House, the House of Representatives, Democrats are crying for Senator Dianne Feinstein. Democrats are hoping and instructing her, Senator, you need to resign. Well, he already appointed Democrat Senator Alex Padilla to replace Vice President Harris. That means California would have not one, but two senators they didn't vote for. Is that really the way Golden State residents want it? Here with me now, host of The Next Revolution and The Daily California Podcast, Steve Hilton is back, who is, by the way, an American and a Californian. How does this all sit with you, Steve? 
Well, I think that um, there's not much I disagree with. I would just add one little phrase to your point about the California voters were in possession of all the facts and she was not in possession of all her faculties at the time that they voted for her. That is they exactly right. They, and they so knew people, it. No. They knew it, exactly right. And, and so the whole thing, what's, what's laughable about it is that the whole thing just gets mired in this total cronyism mm. that is the California Democratic Party. This is what happens when you get one-party rule where they are totally arrogant and complacent. It's all like a game that going back a few years when you had a vacancy for, the, uh, for governor and a vacancy for Senate, you had one political consultant, a guy called Ace Smith, who represented both Gavin Newsom and Kamala Harris, and they kind of stitched it up that Gavin would go for governor and she would go for Senate. Then she gets to be vice president, and he picks his crony, Alex Padilla, who's totally corrupt, by the way, came out of the machine politics of Los Angeles. He gets it, and now he's made this promise, Newsom has made a promise, that he will appoint a black woman. Why? Because the activists were furious that when Kamala Harris left the Senate, he didn't replace her with a black woman, because, of course, identity is all that matters. And that takes us back to Ro Khanna, who is the co-chair of the campaign of one of the three Democrats running for Senate to replace Dianne Feinstein, Barbara Lee, who happens to be a black woman. Oh. So if he goes through with his pledge, then Ro Khanna's gal is the one that mm -hmm. gets the nod. You know who's actually uh, a better candidate here, someone we haven't spoken about. I talked about her a little bit last night, who also happens to be a very accomplished black woman and who also happens to be a product of Democrat machine politics in California, whom I would love to no longer see as mayor of Los Angeles. And that is Karen Bass. I think Karen Bass is a perfect replacement or, dare I say, Kamala Harris. I think that Kamala Harris should step down as vice president <laughs> and back. be reappointed exactly. as senator. Absolutely. Fantastic. I love it. That is great. And by the way, when we're talking about this race, we can't leave out um, the, most, the most interesting news we've had all um, in the last week about this race, which is the, re the Katie Porter revelation. So she's going for it as well. You mean Katie Porter? She can't get anywhere because... <laughs> you see, that's the joke. We needed the joke. You got there because I, I knew we're not allowed to say Mrs. Potato Head because that's too rude and we, we can't say that. So we need a potato joke and you've got it. So yeah. there we are. Katie that's Portatoes. Perfect. Yeah, I just I wish she could throw for the U.S. Women's <laughs> National Softball Team because I, I hear that uh, she's got a heck of, a, of an underpitch. Um, she, she, I don't, way, I don't I have do any time for her By the way, I do feel for the ex-husband. Oh, Yeah. I do feel for the ex-husband who made the potato allegations because apparently one of the reasons he was so upset, he, he doesn't have any hair either. Bald head, hot potatoes, ah. I know how he feels. Yeah, that's incredibly cool. That is a lot of surface area to burn. And, you know, it's like they, exactly. they basically threw Amy Klobuchar out of the race for eating salad with a comb. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like <laughs> Katie Moore Katie is being accused of domestic violence. And, you know, it's like I know that she has waded into this gender battle um, with Riley Gaines, and it's it's not a good look for her. Sorry. It did not go well. I mean, she was destroyed on the Bill Maher show, by yes. the way. It was just, it was not pretty to watch. She is, she's had a pretty rough start to the race. Yeah, it's probably because her sh shoulder is so sore from hucking potatoes at the man she used to love. Uh, <laughs> Steve Hilton, you're the man that we love seeing here when you arrive on the Canada oh. Show. Thank you. Wow. Of course, you understand if and when Dianne Feinstein would resign her seat in the Senate, the, the governor of the state gets to appoint 
a replacement to serve in that unfinished term, and then there would be a, an election at the next applicable time that the person he fills it with could run for re-election or run for election for the first time, or somebody else could run, anybody else could run. Gavin Newsom is the governor. He's got a very close relationship and has for many years, Diane Feinstein, Nancy Pelosi, and their families. Who would he appoint? Interesting. You know what I thought was surprising? There's a Californian out there that is formally announced he's going to run for Senate. And he's not even being in, uh, mentioned or discussed in Gavin's possible choices should Diane Feinstein leave the office of who he would replace her with. Adam Schiff. Now, Adam Schiff's a longtime politician from California. He's about Gavin Newsom's age. You know their paths have crossed again and again. You know what my feelings are about Adam Schiff. I wonder what Gavin Newsom thinks about him. Because now he knows factually Adam Schiff is going to run. He wants a spot in the U.S. Senate. This is going to be fun to watch happen. Meanwhile, what's the president up to? Well, he's spending money. I know that probably doesn't surprise you. But he's spending money, and he's spending money, more money, in Ukraine. What's he up to? Oh, my gosh. Corruption. (laughs) That's up next. Real truth. Real news. TNN. The Truth News Network. Summer seems even brighter when you've been inside a while. It's time to drive again with Honda, KVB.com's 2020 Best Value Brand. You could get a great deal on the 2020 Passport or 2020 Pilot, with financing as low as 0.9% APR on select models. Visit the Honda Summer Clearance Event today. For well-qualified buyers, see dealer for financing details based on 2020 brand immatures from Kelly Blue Book. Visit KBB.com for more information. New Dunkin' Refreshers. Vibrant fruit flavors like strawberry dragon fruit and peach passion fruit. B vitamins and energy from green tea. All under 200 calories. Order ahead via the Dunkin' app for a contactless way to order, pay, and pick up in the drive-thru. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. The advanced surgeons at the Center for Innovative GYN Care look beyond quick fixes like birth control to help their patients find the best treatment options for complex GYN conditions. My name is Sakina, and I had the CIGC groundbreaking minimally invasive hysterectomy. I got back to my life in a week with only two small incisions and minimal scarring. Discover the CIGC difference with offices in Midtown Manhattan and Montclair, New Jersey. Telemedicine appointments are also available. Book a consultation at InnovativeGYN.com or call 888-SURGERY. Hi, Tom Bodette. Motel 6's new improved website lets you book a room and save more for what you travel for faster than ever. Even faster than you can find your keys, which you swore were right on the little hooky thing by the garage door where they always are, and we can land a robot on a comet, but we can't keep keys from disappearing. Oh, here they are. Left them in my jacket. Don't you hate that? I'm Tom Bodette for the new improved Motel6.com, and we'll leave the light on for you. In a world of fake news, the truth will out. Truthnewsnet.org. Again, Dan Newman. I'm sure you heard us talk the other day about Volodymyr Zelensky and what it's been found that he has done with much 
of the cash, the cold hard cash that the United States, the taxpayers pay to the U.S., Joe Biden sent it all over there, supposedly to support the war effort against uh, Russia. Approximately $400 million of that has been skimmed. And leading the pack is Chief Skimmer Volodymyr Zelensky, the president. If you didn't hear the story, here's what has happened. We gave them a bunch of military equipment that have engines. And most of those, if not all of those engines, run on diesel. So where does Ukraine get diesel? They obviously got to go find it. So we sent money money to Ukraine for them to go get the diesel to power the equipment that we gave to them. Obviously, it makes sense, right? Well, Volodymyr Zelensky cut a deal with guess who? Vladimir Putin. Now, wait a minute. Putin is Zelensky's archenemy, right? Yeah. But what makes Russia's economy work? (laughs) Selling energy, oil and gas. And so guess what Zelensky did? He got a low-grade, low, 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 low low-grade diesel that he bought from Putin and is still buying, I understand, from Putin to use in that military hardware. And because it's cut-rate stuff that he's buying, he got it a whole lot cheaper. $400 is the number that has been somewhat confirmed that Zelensky has not Take it all himself. Oh, no. He has spread it around to some of his warlord gun-running buddies in Europe and even in Africa. Is that unbelievable? Did something always smell bad to you about that relationship between Biden and Zelensky? That's probably just the tip of the iceberg. By the way, Right now, we're about to send $320 more dollars in the form of a military aid package to Ukraine. The White House approved a fresh Ukraine military aid package yesterday. $325 million worth of battlefield supplies from U.S. stores placed at Kyiv's disposal. The announcement came the same day that Ukraine's defense minister said his country has just received U.S.-made Patriot surfaced air-guided missile systems that it's craved from the beginning of this thing. The latest equipment, it includes ammunition for high-mobility artillery rocket systems, precision aerial bombs, TOW-guided missile systems, AT-4 anti-armor weapon systems, anti-tank mines, and demolition munitions. It'll all be pulled from Pentagon stocks to expedite delivery to their front lines. So where's Biden getting this money? Well, it comes from the Presidential Drawdown Authority, which allows the president to draw assistance from existing stocks of U.S. weapons. The latest package is the 36th time the Presidential Drawdown Authority has been used to give Ukraine stuff since Russia launched that invasion, February 2022. The package comes on the heels of a paltry little $2.6 billion military aid package announced by the White House earlier this month. That aid package includes $2.1 billion cash 
to bolster air defense and anti-armor systems half a billion for ammo. Doesn't matter what kind of guns you got, kind of tanks you got, you don't have ammo, you can't do any good with them. Now, this announcement that came out yesterday about this aid, it happens before, notice this, happened before Friday's meeting in Germany of defense and military leaders from more than 50 countries to talk about and plan for future Ukraine security assistance. Now, who's going to be there on our behalf? Well, well, well. Defense Secretary Lord Austin. As a matter of fact, he's the one that started this group, the Ukraine Contact Group, to better coordinate the military aid, weapons, and training for Ukraine, which continues to pour in from around the world but remains principally driven by guess who? United States of America, Joe Biden, Lloyd Austin, and the Pentagon. Why did I bring you this information? I wanted to exclamation point it with this. Do you think Vladimir Putin is noticing all this weaponry and support that we're taking out of our armory, the stuff that we already have? You know that we put together when Donald Trump was president, when he rebuilt the military with all kinds of things, including ammunition. Did you know that when Trump took office, and he had his first meeting with the leaders of the Joint Chiefs. Those are the people that had every branch of our military. The first meeting, they told the president the United States military had no ammunition. We were out. Now, who was president before Donald Trump became president? Well, it was... Barack Obama is president for eight years. Joe Biden for eight years was vice president. Commander-in-chief had either given away a huge portion of our ammo. Maybe it was pilfered. I don't know, but we didn't have anything. It had to be replenished. You don't think Xi Jinping and Vladimir Putin are noticing this? If they were ever thinking seriously about doing something militarily against us, If I was the leader of one of those rebel countries, I would probably think, if we were ever going to do this, maybe now's the time we could get them while they're down. And oh, by the way, military forces are depleted because of the wokeism that swept across there from Lloyd Austin, Secretary of State. He put that mandate out there for COVID-19 vaccinations Thousands of GIs wrote for those exceptions, hardly any of those given, and most of those people were either told to leave the military or they resign. We are way short on people in our military. We're way short on money in our military, and we're way short on ammunition, and we're giving more of it away. Sounds like something Joe Biden would do. Oh, he did do it. You remember when we got into this tiff a couple of years ago about members of Congress were doing all that insider trading, getting information, uh, actually were being, in many cases, involved in legislation that would impact major corporations and industries, only to find out later that these lawmakers 
were going and buying those stocks and those stock options based upon the information that they were getting that you and I didn't get. Well, they passed legislation. They put rules out there. They told us all, oh, we're going to make sure none of us can do that anymore. But guess what? One Democrat representative, Daniel Goldman of New York, he's made nearly 500 stock trades since he entered his office in January. 500 trades. And that, by the way, is despite he has pledged to form a blind trust to shield himself from financial conflicts of interest. Goldman described himself as a strong advocate for anti-corruption, and he pledged to put his entire stock folio in a blind trust, which means he gives the authority to make trades of all kinds to somebody that's a professional, but he is never to know the ins and outs of what's happening while he's in office. And of course, he was campaigning for the office. And he, as most politicians that are campaigning do, they'll promise anything and everything to get your vote. He now represents New York's 10th congressional district. That's an area that encompasses the New York Stock Exchange. <laughs> There's no issue there, right? Here's what he said. This is during an debate back in August. The fact of the matter is I've spent my entire career in public service, taking down gun traffickers, fighting against corrupt individuals, being a strong advocate for anti-corruption, and then obviously being in the trenches protecting and defending our democracy. So whatever you want to reference, I was in a blind trust with all my money when I was a prosecutor. I will put my money in a blind trust as a congressperson. Well, I guess, you know, he got caught up with that. I'm going to go to the Potomac Valley, and I'm going to get into that biblical situation. You know, that one that says, the love of money is the root of all evil. So despite his promise, Goldman, who, by the way, is one of the wealthiest members of Congress, has an estimated net worth of about a quarter of a billion dollars. Billion. B. Billion. He has yet to follow through on his promise to create that blind trust nearly four months after he was sworn into office. It still ain't there. Goldman has bought or sold shares of individual stocks more than 480 times since January. Some of his stock purchases include, here you go, banking firms, defense contractors, and tobacco companies. For example... He purchased $15,000 worth of shares in Credit Suisse Group, the troubled Swiss bank that congressional investigators have recently accused of helping Americans commit tax fraud. He bought $50,000 in Lockheed Martin and L3 Harris Technologies. Goldman sold up to $50,000 each in both Raytheon and Northrop. He also sold between $100,000 and $250,000 in Tesla, before rebuying $50,000 of it. And of course, representatives from his office, they defended the t- these purchases by saying the congressman has initiated the process of entering into a blind trust. You know how you do that? Hey, Bubba, you're my stockbroker. This is Mr. Goldman. <laughs> I want to put this stuff back in that blind trust I had it in before. Would you take care of that? Yes, sir, we'll do it. 
It'll be ready tomorrow. That's how quickly it's done. Even though he's made 500 stock trades in his first few months in office, his representative said he supports legislation that would prohibit members of Congress from trading individual stocks. In other words, what's good for the goose is not good for the gander. He wants us to be held to a measure that he will not hold himself to. And these things happen every day. We very, very seldom hear any of it. It just stays out there in the never-never land. If mainstream media doesn't get this story, we're not ever going to hear about it, especially if it stays in mainstream media. Now, that January 6th stuff, we talked about the footage that Kevin McCarthy, when he became House Speaker, said he was going to release it to Tucker Carlson at Fox News and let them put it out there so the 43,000 hours or so of the video taken that day could be viewed by the American people. And it just quietly stopped. And so a bunch of media folks are mad that McCarthy was the sole arbiter of who got it, and he was the one that chose Tucker Carlson. So several major media companies have filed a lawsuit against D.C. U.S. Attorney Matthew Graves, the Executive Office of U.S. Attorneys, and the FBI, demanding the release, the full release of U.S. Capitol surveillance footage from the January 6th events as related trials continue. McCarthy had given Fox News and Tucker, a daily co-founder, by the way, that was Tucker Carlson, he's honorary daily Caller News Foundation board member, more than 44,000 hours of footage in February, that's when it was turned over, withholding the videos from every other news organization that wanted them. Now, this is from that lawsuit filed yesterday. Plaintiffs subsequently submitted FOIA requests, Freedom of Information Act requests for the footage, but the EOUSA allegedly refused to grant access to it, and the FBI allegedly claimed they were unable to identify the requested material. Quote, there's no basis under FOIA to withhold in whole or in part the records requested by plaintiffs. It's from the lawsuit. EOUSA has wrongfully withheld agency records in violation of FOIA. Graves was served court summons in the case on Thursday explaining a lawsuit had been filed against him. He became D.C. U.S. Attorney back in November of 21, leading an office that has pursued charges against more than 900, more than 900 January 6th defendants. The AP, CNN, the New York Times, CBS are all plaintiffs in this case. Their lawsuit calls for the court to force the defendants to provide unredacted access to the January 6th Capitol surveillance footage without further delay. Now, let me just say this. I, uh, When I heard, and we reported to you exactly when we heard, Kevin McCarthy, House Speaker, had determined to give all that footage to Fox News, I actually defended that, that news and on this basis, I defended giving it just to McCarthy. I felt that that way we would get the raw footage. 
we wouldn't get a bunch of edited, redacted, cut up pieces of footage that would make the left look good, but more importantly, make all conservatives look bad. I didn't want the Associated Press, CNN, New York Times, CBS, ABC, any of them. I didn't want them to be able to present it first to the American people because I felt like they would edit it. If they showed any of it, they would just show bits and pieces. And I understand now why these people said, look, that's not right. That's public record. Every media outlet should be able to get it. So I got mixed feelings about it, but not so mixed now because I want to see it all. I want to see a lot of it. Do you know that Steve Baker, our partner who's here every Tuesday in our second hour, Steve Baker was the number one videographer, broadcast journalist, investigation journalist that was on the scene all day that day, and his videos have been seen in news broadcast around the world from that day. And a bunch of that 44,000 hours of video is stuff that he took. What do you think about the other photojournalists out there? They weren't always news agencies. There were private citizens that did the same thing. There's a lot of stuff out there. And guess what? The left doesn't want it to be seen because a narrative was created. More than 900 Americans were arrested. I know some of those 900 did something wrong. And I know a bunch of those people shouldn't have done some of that. They shouldn't have gone into the Capitol, which is illegal. But all 900 of them didn't. Many of those people are still in jail. No speedy trial in the United States anymore, unless, of course, you're an an immigrant. Oh, my gosh, that's when immediately you get whatever you want. And the government pays for it. So we need to have a conversation that includes some transgender stuff. We do that here. We have to do that here. Every day. But before we do that, I want you to hear from that very famous U.S. Senator, brand new U.S. Senator from Pennsylvania, John Fetterman. To me, folks, John Fetterman is the enigma of U.S. politics today. I don't understand how the people of Pennsylvania could have ever elected him. And then he had the stroke. And he couldn't communicate. He couldn't understand. He couldn't speak. He should have withdrawn from the election. He didn't. He won the election, sworn into office, and then he basically disappeared and has been in a facility being treated for chronic depression. And he just got out and he came to Congress. Now, they made him the chairman of a subcommittee in agriculture. I'm not even sure of the exact title. But I wanted you to hear his opening remarks at his first committee hearing of this committee yesterday. Ladies and gentlemen, U.S. Senator John Fetterman. I called in this hearing of the U.S. Senate subcommittee and food and nutrition, especially crops, organics, and research to order. Chairwoman Stevenow. And... Ranking member Boozman, thank you so much for coming. I thank you for your leadership on this committee and I look forward to working with you to pass a farm bill. 
a farm bill that works for small far farmers, rural communities, and hungry Americans. I would also like to thank my raking member, Senator Braun. And I look forward to working closely with you. SNAP is one of the most effective programs to fight hunger and poverty in the country. In my time in effort in IFAS, as the mayor of Braddock to lieutenant governor to now, I have heard from Pennsylvanians about their support for a SNAP. Hunger is not a Republican or a Democrat issue. It's all of our issue that we have to take it on. We need to come together and stop playing political games with Americans' access to food. Americans like Chair about Clory Jor from the north, the town of Northeast in Pennsylvania, tells me that his victim was skimming, which was when somebody stole money and he relied from its SNAP EBT. Mr. Jor is not the first Pennsylvanian I've heard this from. I fear he won't be the last and I will work in this farm bill to modernize SNAP to work to recipients in the 21st century. I look forward to from hearing from you, your witness on this nutrition assistance on the farm bill. And I will now turn to Senator Braun for any opening comments that he would like to make. Ladies and gentlemen, chairman of the agriculture subcommittee has got a bunch of different words in the title, but basically he's one of 100 members, the cream of the crop, the best 100 people in the nation to serve in our U.S. Senate. I feel sorry for the man I do. He's obviously got some medical problems, chronic depression for months. For months, he's been being treated for it. And you just heard him as a chairman of that subcommittee, opening remarks, I couldn't follow about half of it. I can only imagine the members of that subcommittee theoretically were sitting there shaking their heads. More proof that the substance of what politicians do is far less important than is the political narrative that must be perpetrated, and nothing can stop any of that from happening, not even the necessity of trying to find somebody to fill the shoes of that gentleman who could really serve the people of Pennsylvania as a U.S. senator. I see no way that he can do it. Guess what just happened? The House passed legislation along party lines that would interpret Title IX Title IX is that uh, that measure that was put out in the 70s, late 70s, to give women equal rights in sports, Title IX. The White House came out a few days ago, in fact, I think early last week, and they redefined Title IX, and it basically no longer protects, according to Title IX, it no longer protects the rights of women in sports. In fact, It's making men, biological men that want to identify as female, making them be allowed to participate in every sport with women. No strings attached. 
219 Republicans voted in favor of the Protection of Women and Girls in Sports Act that was introduced by Republican Florida Representative Greg Stubbe. All 203 voting Democrats opposed the legislation. President Biden has promised to veto the legislation, which would categorically ban male student-athletes from participating in events designated for female student-athletes. Doesn't that make sense to you? Hey, women going to compete against women. Men are going to compete against men. And he's going to veto it. The White House issued their Title IX interpretation on the 11th of April that would prohibit categorical sex-based sporting events but still allow some restrictions. Where is the group? Now, you remember them from the 70s and 80s and 90s? They were out there protesting, I mean, really getting ugly, very structurally organized, and they had one objective, one objective only. Women get the same rights in everything. It had to do with sports, of course, but it had to do with everything else. In corporate settings, women need to get the same kind of rights in their jobs as men doing the same thing with the same qualifications, the same pay, all those things where women throughout centuries had been put down at a lower level in the marketplace, pretty much across the board, especially in athletics, in public education uh, schools around the nation, including competitions, all those things. Where are those people now that are looking for those female rights that came from Title IX? Forced everybody to be fair, equal to men and women in total disregard of their sex. This administration, this president says, you know what? (laughs) It doesn't matter. I'm the boss I'm going to say whatever I want to say. I'm going to sign whatever provision I want to sign, and I'm going to force it down the throats of women, telling every woman, every young woman that gets out and works hard as an athlete to get better. I've got two granddaughters that are good twins, that are good soccer players. One of them's really, really, really good. In fact, two weeks ago, she competed in an international soccer tournament in the FIFA facility in Frisco, Texas. It was called the Dallas Cup. The amateur soccer organization over there put this competition, this, um, what do you want to call it? What do you call it? Tournament, together with eight teams from around the world. One of my twin granddaughters plays on that team that is in Dallas. In fact, let me tell you how committed she and her parents are. They live in Shreveport. Three times a week, mom and dad have to take her to Dallas to practice. Now, it's about five or six hours round trip. To go over there to practice two nights and then a third for competition. That's commitment, wouldn't you think? Grace is her name. Grace's team beat Australia for the championship of that. 
I can't even fathom thinking about Grace playing on a soccer team that had biological males, uh, males on her team competing with her or on another team she's competing against. What is this administration thinking? Or are they thinking at all? It has nothing to do with what's right, what's natural, what's normal, and the rights and the protections that need to be afforded to all Americans, regardless of their skin color, their place of origin, their sex, their religion. It should be across the board, but it needs to be men against men, women against women. And if you want to create a scenario in which transgender people, transgender men, transgender women can compete against people just like them, create leagues with competition for trans competition. It's that simple. You cannot make it work by forcing little girls to be comfortable with going into a locker room to get dressed or shower when there's a transgender man that now identifies as a woman standing there looking. You can't justify it. You can't reconcile it. But Joe Biden, he's got all that money behind those transgender rights folks. And Joe's going to run for president again, and he needs that money. Forget about those little girls that are petrified. I've talked to people that have been thrust into this situation with their kids. They're besides themselves. Little girls don't even want to compete anymore. They don't want to go and play on a team or even compete against a biological man. No good things are going to come out of this. I promise you. And so you, like me, you probably every once in a while, you say, how can they come up with this? What's the thinking? Where are they getting this from? What is the end game they're trying to play? And we're all trying to figure it out, including Mark Twain of our generation. Who would that be? Senator Kennedy, John Kennedy from Louisiana. Speaking to a crowd yesterday, he weighed in with some wisdom that I thought would... uh, It would sound kind of like what you and I think about a lot of what goes on today. Americans do not deserve to be governed by deeply weird, nauseously woke people who hate George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Abraham Lincoln, Dr. Zeus, and Mr. Potato Head, who hyperventilate on their yoga mats if you use the wrong pronoun, who think kids should be able to change their gender at recess, who carry around Ziploc bags of kale to give them energy, and who think they are better than us. By the way, to me, kale tastes like I'd rather be fat. I can personally relate to that. I don't like kale. I love salad, but I don't like kale. I don't know that I would think, you know, kale's, if you 
eat kale, you can't be fat. That's not what I'm thinking, but it, uh, I don't know. I don't think I want to go on a diet where kale is part of that menu. What about you? But the other stuff, it just makes sense. This mess that's going around now, all of these demands, don't we have enough to worry about? Don't we have enough to do to manage Why would anybody want to create all these layers of things that you have to do, things you can't do? Pronouns. Have you seen the list of the accepted pronouns? Every few days, some entity somewhere on the planet puts together another pronoun list. And I don't know about you. I think I told you this the other day. Until, gosh, last week, I struggled when I talked about somebody who was trans, was transgender, how do you determine which person is a transgender man and which is a transgender woman? And I finally put two and two together and figured it out. If somebody identifies as a man, a trans man, that's somebody that's biologically female that identifies as a man. And if somebody is a trans woman, That's a biological male that identifies as a woman. You remember the former governor of Alaska that ran for vice president, Sarah Palin. You remember her? She talked about, and she got blasted for some of the things that she said when she was running for vice president. But she made one statement that rings to this day around the world. Oh, you can put lipstick on a pig. But it's still going to be a pig. Don't miss our iHeartRadio at-home session with Jesse McCartney. Presented by Hellman's. An exclusive and intimate performance. At a time when we're craving live music. Watch Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific on iHeartRadio's YouTube. Missing that restaurant flavor at home this summer? Hellman's is bringing crave-worthy flavors to you. Serving up new drizzle sauces that you can put on pretty much anything. With flavors like cilantro lime, roasted garlic, and creamy chili honey. You can drizzle, dip, and dress to make home the best restaurant around. Welcome back to the King Value Radio Network. I'm your host, Sandy. And I'm your other host, Carl. Sandy, we are getting loads of calls today about the fresh new $1 Double Crispy Cheesy Burger. Well, hello. With two flame-broiled patties, crispy onions, and cheesy sauce for only a buck, that's no surprise. Jim from Tucson, you're on the air. Yeah, hi, guys. I just want to say I took your advice, went to Burger King, I got a new Double Crispy Cheesy Burger for a buck. I couldn't be happier. Oh, congratulations. Say, Jim, what was your favorite part of the delicious new Double Crispy Cheesy Burger, the Flame Fresh Taste. Well, I'll tell you, it had two big flame-broiled patties, plus it had crispy onions and cheesy sauce, too. It was really delicious. Oh, don't forget the price, Jim. Oh, yeah, and it only costs a dollar. It's probably the best purchase I ever made. Probably, Jim. Okay, definitely. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, there it is. Get the new Double Crispy Cheesy Burger with double the Flame Fresh Taste. Hi, I'm Jet Williams. Even though I never knew my father, Hank Williams, his legacy taught me the meaning of lending a helping hand. That's why I support the Orphan Foundation of America. OFA is committed to providing education, mentoring, and a workplace readiness for thousands of teens aging out of the foster care system. With the help of OFA's support programs, these young people can go to college and trade school, graduate, and make the leap from foster care to success. To learn how you can help, visit Orphan.org. 
was sitting here in the break after the story I just told you about, what uh, President Biden is up to, transgender rights, etc. I wondered about this. I wonder if he has ever had a conversation with Caitlyn Jenner about this whole trans matter. Caitlyn Jenner, a.k.a. Bruce Jenner, Olympian, gold medal winner. Caitlyn Jenner is a trans woman. And there's a big difference, I think, in Caitlyn than most of these trans people. She, he, went through the whole biological changes. All the plumbing changed. The surgery. Not just growing out their hair. He got his apple, his Adam's apple, shaved down. Obviously, the breast surgery and the other surgery. That's a commitment. Do I agree with that? Look, this is the United States of America. Anybody can do what they want to regarding themselves. I get that. I'm okay with that. I don't like it. I hate it for Caitlin. I really do, but that's a personal decision. I guarantee you Joe Biden's never had a conversation about any of this. He only listens to those in his administration that are hardcore leftists about the ideology. He loves the fact that he's an old guy, but they came to him and let him roll out a lot of the wokeism stuff that we've had crammed down our throats. And he likes it because it makes him feel cool. Caitlin is not very uh, positive about any of this stuff. Caitlin launched a new political action committee that's dedicated to confronting and stopping what they call the radical gender ideology of the left, a movement that the former Olympian says is being used by the left to destroy our families. In an interview a few days ago, Jenner detailed how Fairness First PAC will fight the radical gender ideology, put parental rights at the forefront of education, and keep boys out of women's sports. First of all, state law needs to ultimately govern their schools at a state level, Jenner explained. They need to provide state-level guidance to their local school boards from a legislative perspective to govern who can compete in what leagues. Our advocacy is to align athletes with sports that are at a chromosomal or DNA level, not birth certificate. The ultimate belief of Fairness First is that radical gender ideology infiltrating the classrooms, which has been extremely visible in sports, is an effort to break down the family unit. The family is under assault and looking to be replaced by teachers. And we see this with laws like the recent California secrecy law. Jenner's making clear that fighting for Fairness First is a full-time pursuit. Fortunately, our exposure with having me as a spokesperson and founding member, but being a Fox News contributor has led to elected officials from school boards, the state level and the federal level to work on policy issues and advocate for our recommendations. We will work on this from a policy standpoint, but advocate for those issues resulting in supporting candidates from the top of the ballot to the bottom. Additionally, we have events and grassroots participations in the works to show up to school board meetings, state capitals, to testify, 
LGBT people to testify in Congress to stop the radical rainbow mafia. So when asked if this trans issue will become a tipping point, causing right-minded people to finally take a stand in the culture war against the left, Jenner stressed this is an issue of parental rights. I think this actually comes down to parental rights. Big government left-wing liberals are all about destroying the family at any cost. That means government gets to take the place of the parents and the families. Trans is not made up or fake, but it's oversaturated due to indoctrination and is the latest way the left is destroying the family unit. Growing government, the indoctrination in the classroom, and the subsequent drastic increase in children being transitioned is a huge problem. We won't see the true impact for years to come. But these are serious, irreversible decisions and are maliciously being used by government to grow government under the guise of protecting children. That's why Fairness First is all about parental rights. Think back. Winning Olympic gold would be considered a strong enough legacy and platform for most athletes. But Jenner wants to be remembered for using that platform to protect others. I hope my legacy is one that is responsible, not a victim, and uses my platform gained in 1976. Gold medals. Bruce Jenner slash Caitlyn Jenner. 1976 to advocate for those that need protection. I know sports, and I know the difference between men and women, and the issue of trans, I believe. While Hollywood and the entertainment complex of today see this as unfashionable now, I will be on the right side of history, Jenner said. Let me say this. No matter what you think, no matter which way you believe or don't believe in trans, taking a stand a realistic stand instead of focusing on the emotion, focus on the structure and the facts. That's what has turned so many Americans off on transgender everything. Even if there's substance there, the way it's presented and it's used to beat people over the head, to demand, threaten, and even attack and kill people. Those are not the ways to get people to think what you're doing is good in any way. Unless, of course, you're a seasoned, hard-nosed criminal. Facts are very interesting things, even when you disagree with them. They don't change. It's the way that it is. And all we can do is just do the best we do in our lives. There is nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. We can't be right, totally right about everything. I'm sorry, we can't. And so what do we do? We try to get the biggest megaphone, get the loudest people, 
put them in front of crowds, in front of TV cameras, and cram down the throats of Americans, what we want them to believe is what people should do or people not do. Meanwhile, what, what's happening in the world around us? Did you know that close to 5 million border crossers and illegals, almost 5 million, have been welcomed into the U.S. under Joe Biden? This is a foreign population that exceeds the population of 28 of our 50 states. During a Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee hearing on Tuesday, Senator Johnson, Ron Johnson, questioned DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas about the total number of border crossers and illegals released into the U.S. interior, as well as those who successfully crossed the southern border since the start of 2021. DHS, though, does little to track and concisely publish any numbers, though it is among the most consequential for American citizens in our labor market. Johnson said he calculated the total to be anywhere from 4 to 5 million border crossers and illegals who entered the U.S. over the last two years including those directly released by DHS, known gotaways, and unknown gotaways. Somewhere between 4 and 5 million people during this administration have come to this country, but probably don't qualify for asylum. Basically, what we're looking at is, he said, 22 states have populations less than 4 million people. 28 states have populations less than 5 million people. That's the magnitude of the problem. Have you heard anybody talk about what's going to happen economically with all these illegals here? We know what this administration wants to happen and what is happening right now. We know what's going on. They won't give us any proof to tell us this isn't going on. You and I are paying taxes, and our government is choosing to support these people, almost 5 million people, lock, stock, and barrel, almost none of them work. They can't get legal work. And if they do get jobs, they're typically low-paying agricultural jobs. And many times they fly under the radar screen because they don't want to pay taxes. And those employers that get them on their payrolls They don't want to have to pay matching Social Security and Medicare taxes. And so this is going to be a ghost segment of America, full of people that we have no idea who they are, where they came from, what kind of stuff they have in their rearview mirror. Oh, we're seeing a bunch of it play out in lawlessness, everything from breaking and entering to first-degree murder. And Joe Biden doesn't care. Alejandro Mayorkas, head of Homeland Security, he doesn't care about that. Attorney General Merrick Garland doesn't care about that. If they did, they would enforce the law, which they refuse to do. And Title 42 is about to end, and there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions more, of illegals waiting for Title 42 to happen so they can just, in greater numbers, storm into the United States and live here forever, and probably without working. 
Johnson's estimate suggests that millions of border crossers and illegals entering our nation since Biden took office, numbers well above the annual number of U.S. births, which sat at just under 4 million in 2021. In other words, Biden's bringing in more people than you and I are having when we give birth to babies. For this and other issues, Johnson said Mayorkas ought to resign. Center for Immigration Studies resident fellow Andrew Author calculated a a similar number, finding that at least 3.4 million border crossers and illegals have entered the U.S. since Biden took office, with likely hundreds of thousands more of whom DHS is unaware. That's just 375,808 fewer people than live in Los Angeles. America's second largest city, Arthur said. Add in the unknown gotaways and the migrant total likely exceeds L.A.'s population. This has never happened before. You realize that. It's unprecedented. This inflow of border crossers and illegals into the U.S. is serving as a boon for big business, for real estate developers, and Wall Street as more people equates to a lower cost of labor, additional consumers to whom products can be sold, and more renters and home buyers to drive up housing costs. And we're doing all this in the name of, we just want to be good people. We want to give these people from these foreign countries a right to come here and be all that they can be. Give them the right to live the American dream. Meanwhile, they're shoving Americans to the back of the line. You know Americans, those people that were either born here and are citizens, or they moved here and went through the legal immigration process and made it, and they're living here legally. They're pushing all of us to the back of the line, putting illegals in front of us, and demanding that everybody step aside and let them do whatever they want to do. Reported back in February, the Biden administration has been hugely effective in growing our labor market, but not by getting employers to entice Americans on the sidelines, but rather add millions more foreign workers to artificially drive down labor costs. In the fourth quarter of last year, for example, close to 2 million fewer native-born Americans were working in jobs compared to the same time in 2019. Two million not working, while two million foreign-born workers were added to the workforce, taking the jobs of Americans. That's what we were warned was going to happen if Joe Biden didn't close the southern border, if Alejandro Mayorkas didn't shut down the border, If the pair didn't enforce federal immigration laws, we were told they're going to steal the jobs from American citizens. And that's what's happening. I'm sure you heard this, but maybe some of you didn't. Robert Kennedy announced formally he's going to run for the Democrat nomination to run for president against, I guess, Joe Biden just a few miles from the homestead where his family's dynasty in U.S. politics began, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. officially announced his campaign for the presidency. 
becoming the first Kennedy since 1979 to make a bid for the White House and the third to challenge a sitting president. Kennedy said, I come here to announce my candidacy for the Democratic nomination for the president of the United States. He said that as cheers erupted from the crowd that gathered at the Boston Park Plaza Hotel. With his wife, actress Cheryl Hines, by his side, flanked by a row of American flags, Kennedy spoke to an audience of about a thousand attendees. The crowd shouted, Bobby and RFK, stood to applause several times, listened intently as Kennedy spoke about the history of his family and politics after escaping British oppression and potato famine in their native country of Ireland. Oh my gosh, Joe Biden would be all over that. He's Irish. Kennedy spoke fondly about his personal relationship with our president, Joe Biden, saying his challenge to the incumbent is a matter of differences about issues like censorship and public health. Unlike a lot of the political luminaries in his family, Kennedy's not known as much for his politics as he is for his advocacy for vaccine safety, which drew some significant attention with the rollout of the COVID-19 vaccines. His views on vaccine safety were part of his 2021 New York Times bestselling book, The Real Anthony Fauci. Kennedy is also the founder of the nonprofit activist group Children's Health Defense. He's looking to follow in the footsteps of his uncle, President John F. Kennedy, who was elected in 1960 and served as president until his assassination in 1963. Bobby Kennedy Jr.'s father was campaigning for president against incumbent President Lyndon Johnson when he was assassinated back in 1968. Richard Nixon went on to win that election. Ted Kennedy, Robert Kennedy Jr.'s uncle and a popular U.S. senator who represented Massachusetts for 47 years until he died in 09, Teddy made an unsuccessful bid for the presidency with sights set on unseating President Jimmy Carter. All three brothers grew up in a small house in Brookline, Massachusetts, I know right where it is, which is now a registered landmark and known as the birthplace of John F. Kennedy, JFK. So outside of vaccines, Robert Kennedy Jr. is every bit a Democrat, staunch supporter for LGBT causes and abortion. Kennedy, named one of the New York Times heroes of the planet, is also highly celebrated among climate change theorists, environmentalists, human rights advocates for his efforts against carbon emissions, negotiating better homeland treaties for indigenous Americans, and protecting threatened watersheds. Now, i got to be honest with you. There are a lot of people who didn't like the Kennedys. And the prospect of another Kennedy in the White House drew a diverse crowd to the Park Plaza Hotel in Boston. Among them was Linda Briarty, who traveled from Connecticut. The Catholic Democrat told the Epoch Times she has been disappointed since day one after voting for Biden. She said she hopes Kennedy will win the nomination. This is about courage. This is about alliance. And this is about leadership, she said. Kennedy represents all three of those. She also likes that Kennedy opposes vaccine mandates, saying that while she isn't opposed to vaccines, 
She favors informed consent and people's right to make their own medical decision. Although he said he wishes Kennedy would run as an independent, Rhode Island Elliot Minor said he already has my vote. Like Briarty, Minor told Epic Times he likes Kennedy's views on vaccine safety. He said he feels like Kennedy would be the first president to actually drain the swamp. Like Briarty, he voted for Biden, but he has no plans to do that again. Another guy, Charles Small, flew in from Richmond. He was already wearing a Kennedy 2024 campaign pin. He's switching his support from Biden to Kennedy. He said Kennedy had him hooked when Small read on his campaign website that he was going after government corruption, especially the abuse of regulatory powers. So if you look outside of Massachusetts, Kennedy's bid for the presidency is far more mixed. One Bostonian said, you know what? He'd be better than Sleepy Joe. (laughs) And he asked not to give his name because he's a government employee. But Washington State uh, resident Brian Walsh, who was dining with his family just a few booths away from the fabled Kennedy booth at the local Union Oyster House, said that Kennedy's vaccine stance alone makes him oppose Kennedy and that he would like to see Biden reelected. I can't vote for someone who promotes all that misinformation about vaccines, Walsh said. I could just go on and on and tell you what individuals are thinking. The bottom line is this. Even Democrats now, they feel it is very unlikely Biden would have a chance to to win even the Democrat nomination, let alone the election in 2024. But it's about time. If they're going to push anybody else out there and promote them and give them an honest chance to beat Joe Biden in the Democrat primaries, they better hurry. And now they have a new guy. Well, he's really not a new guy, but he's got a great name that's been around for a long, long time in politics. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is in the race. I'm going to be watching him. If you've heard him speak, it really hurts me for him when he hear, when I hear him speaking. Something happened to his voice, and it's really tough for him. But he is a good communicator. He's one of those people he's worked through the challenge that he has with communications, and he's getting his message out there. I give him that for sure. Now, Republicans are getting pretty nervous about somebody they say that could cost them seats in Congress in the 2024 election. Republicans are concerned that the Club for Growth's endorsements, Club for Growth, They're concerned, the Republican leaders are, of the party. They're concerned about that club's endorsements and say they could create chaotic primaries and cost the GOP several Senate seats in 2024. The PAC, Club for Gross, Political Action Committee, is backing candidates that are not aligned with the National Republican Senatorial Committee in West Virginia, Montana, and Ohio. That's where these people are running, all of which have incumbent Democrat senators. That's according to Politico. Several top Republicans and allies of Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell of Kentucky, 
They're worrying that the Club for Growth's endorsements of more conservative candidates in these competitive states could decrease their chances of taking the Senate in the 2024 election. There's a lot of work to be done on understanding the main goal is not to make a point on any political issue, but to win. That's from Senator Tom Tillis of North Carolina, who the PAC once supported a challenger against. Club for Growth is endorsing West Virginia's representative, Alex Mooney, for Senate. He will likely go up against Governor Jim Justice, who met with the National Republican Senate Committee and is expected to announce a run. The two, who are both competing for a Trump endorsement, by the way, are vying to take on Democrat Senator Joe Manchin, who has not yet announced if he's going to run for re-election. The Club for Growth is also encouraging Montana's Representative Matt Rosendale to run for Senate, while the committee and RSC is pushing for former Navy SEAL Tim Sheehy to take on Democrat Senator John Tester, who announced in February he's running for re-election. Rosendale, who was supported by Club for Growth in 2018, he lost previously to John Tester. They didn't do a really great job last time around. This is from Senator Matt Romney, Mitt Romney of Utah. Their folks were underperformers. I just think people are tired of the anger, tired of the vitriol, and actually want to see people get along and get some things done. Makes sense. And then in Ohio, the group is pushing for Ohio's Representative Warren Davidson to run for the Senate against Democrat Senator Sherrod Brown. Though a field of GOP primary challengers already forming, with conservative businessman Bernie Marino and state Senator Matt Dolan already announcing they're going to run. Ohio Secretary of State Frank LaRose is also weighing a run. Ohio's wide open. Club for Growth planned to antagonize Donald Trump in the primaries, to which the former president has said he isn't likely to support the PAC's candidates. It goes with the role, because if we weren't willing to take some incoming and people not liking us, we couldn't do our job. That's Dave McIntosh, who's president of Club for Growth. You know what just jumps out and grabs me about all this? None of these, none of these people that are in the leadership in these various entities, nobody's talking about the voters. They're just talking about the politicians. They're talking about the system. They're talking about, without saying it this way, basically, hey, we're willing to do whatever it takes to win. And when you put these structures in place, these political action committees, it becomes all about the money, all about the money, whatever is necessary to buy in marketing and advertising, travel, endorsements, getting all this stuff lined up and put together. you got to have a huge stack staff. You got to have the best people that have got a track record of winning elections. It's all about winning elections. And once we win, well then, hey, 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 we'll work with you and telling you in your campaign what to say, what not to say, where to go, where not to go. And if you listen to us, we'll get you a notch. We'll get you into the flow of all of this. And then, and then we can talk about what you're going to do for us. Busy day today. 
lot of information out there, and there's much, much more. We're going to pick up on it again, just like always, 9 a.m. Central Time, 10 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock in California on the West Coast tomorrow morning. Storms, again, sweeping across the United States in the early afternoon hours. Pray for the people that are going to be impacted. Tornadoes, straight-line winds, lots and lots of rain, flooding and stuff. That's just hard to deal with for a lot of people, and it's never good. Hope it doesn't happen to you. You stay close. We're on top of it all, and we will remeasure it and be back with you with a bunch of it tomorrow. Have a great day. See you then. Time keeps on into the Living out in the street